Welcome to Takedown Tuesday on Check with Chip. I'm Chip Maxwell. If you like what you hear, you'll love my book, Fix It Now. Rediscover the Constitution and get America out of its fiscal death spiral. Go to Amazon.com and type in Fix It Now, Chip Maxwell. Takedown Tuesday is dedicated to the proposition that there are some people, causes, and arguments in need of a conservative body slam. I have a takedown triumvirate for you today. I play the salsa bumper because the takedowns are mild, medium, and hot. The mild takedown is from townhall.com commentator Jerry Boyer. Boyer takes down Game of Thrones author George R.R. Martin. Well, he does not really take down Martin. He takes down Game of Thrones fans for disparaging J.R.R. Tolkien's Lord of the Rings as inferior to Game of Thrones when it comes to portraying war. Here's Boyer. Hardcore Game of Thrones fans love to tell us how much better those books are than Lord of the Rings. They think that George R.R. Martin presents a realistic view of war, whereas Tolkien presents a fairy tale. Here's the problem. Only one of those men actually saw war, and it wasn't Martin. Tolkien volunteered to fight in the First World War, in which he lost most of his friends. Martin, on the other hand, avoided the Vietnam draft by filing as a conscientious objector. In Tolkien's universe, evil is real, but there are genuinely good and noble characters fighting against it. In Martin's universe, soldiers are almost invariably cruel and sadistic. Tolkien's view of war, focused on heroism and self-sacrifice, came from mainly personal experience. The man who fought found hope. The man who didn't fight preaches hopelessness. So says Jerry Boyer of townhall.com. I have not seen Game of Thrones, not in protest, no boycott. I watch virtually no TV when it comes to pop culture. If it isn't news or sports, generally I'm not interested. And we have homework and family activities in the early evening. I get the sense that Game of Thrones revels in violence and gore and the belief that it's kill or be killed, and that's all there is. 4,000 years of Judeo-Christian teaching includes the belief that crises that generate violence can bring out the best in people as well as the worst, and that a moral compass becomes all the more vital as a guide in such crises. On to the medium takedown. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell and Senate Judiciary Committee Chairman Lindsey Graham have signaled that impeachment will be body slammed in the Senate if it arrives there from the House. I'm giving it a medium rating because there is not really any suspense or drama to it. David Ursanyi of The Federalist wrote in the New York Post, It's difficult to believe anyone really thinks impeachment is a good idea after an independent investigation blew up the Russiagate conspiracy. But Democrats run the House. They have the votes to get it done. According to their own rhetoric, they have a duty to impeach, no matter what the Senate does. That's Ursanyi in the New York Post. With every month that goes by, the spectacle of President Trump versus congressional Democrats looks more and more like Roadrunner versus Wiley Coyote. With everything they try to do, the congressional Democrats 
and their allies in the deep state and media. Everything they try to do to get Trump backfires and blows up in their faces. President Clinton actually did the things alleged as president and then lied about them under oath as president and then was disbarred by a judge in his home state for perjuring himself as president. And all Democrats and a significant number of independents and Republicans were angry at the GOP for impeaching Clinton. There is no reasonable, never mind compelling, basis for impeaching Trump. I am split right down the line 50-50 on this because it becomes increasingly possible that impeachment would give Trump a boost heading into the 2020 election. And now the hot takedown, the possible takedown so hot that so far, most American media are afraid to report on it. We're hearing from British media about explosive allegations against Martin Luther King Jr. David Garrow won a Pulitzer Prize in 1987 for Bearing the Cross, his biography of Martin Luther King Jr. Garrow is now coming out with a book that portrays King as an adulterous and perverted sexual predator. It was common knowledge, something acknowledged by King's closest associates, that the Reverend had difficulty keeping the Sixth Commandment. And I suppose that means the Ninth was at least in jeopardy at times. King cheated on his wife. So have other great men in the pantheon of American leadership. Well, how can you call them great if they were unfaithful? Because I am saying they were great, not perfect or saintly. I disagree with just about everything FDR said, did, and stood for, but he is one of the great figures in American history. It broke my late father's Irish Catholic Democrat heart to learn decades after the fact what a lecherous playboy JFK had been. That did not change the fact that JFK's greatness as a political leader is what inspired my dad to get interested in politics and engage as a citizen of the United States of America similar to what Ronald Reagan was for me. Speaking of the Sixth and Ninth Commandments, King David had his friend assassinated in battle, instructing other troops to withdraw and leave the friend out on his own battling the enemy to ensure his death so David could steal his friend's wife. And yet God himself seems to have not excused David's sinfulness, but despite it, recognized and ordained David as a great leader. Back to MLK. His sexual misbehavior is resurfacing in the news because Garrow, the biographer, has reviewed FBI surveillance tapes that only recently became available. One of the allegations apparently caught on FBI surveillance tapes is that King laughed and encouraged a fellow minister as the fellow minister raped a female parishioner. Another says King joked about being a champion of oral sex and acknowledged an affinity for degeneracy and depravity with dozens of women. It's bad. Dennis Prager says every person's life has a moral ledger, like a bank ledger, with credits and debits, deposits and withdrawals. 
On balance, Prager asks, was the person in the black or in the red, according to the moral ledger? Did he do more good or more bad over the course of his life? Which way does the scale tip if you take the life in totality? Some of the greatest saints of Christendom were anything but saintly early in life. I want to hear more before making that calculation about King. King's righteous and zealous defense of the principles of the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, and of course his martyrdom in the fight for civil rights, are massive credits, massive deposits on the good side of the moral ledger. Is it enough to outweigh the new information coming to light? PJ Media is among voices on the right starting to ask, what happens next in an era where statues of historical figures are being taken down because of the honoree's flaws? This from PJ Media. What are we to make of the disturbing news about Martin Luther King? Should we change the name on every school, park, and boulevard across the nation named after him, as if he were the inverse of Robert E. Lee or Jefferson Davis? There must be tens of thousands of them. I say no, at least not yet. Before I leave this topic, I'm not excusing King's behavior, but we know about it because the FBI spied on him. J. Edgar Hoover gets credit for making the FBI the gold standard in law enforcement. But he also established the subculture that we on the right now decry as the deep state, the insiders using government resources to target and harass their enemies. The ugly manifestation of deep state swamp creatures attacking a presidency that we rightly denounce today is not new. The Comey, Clapper, Brennan, McCabe, Strzok, Page, Clown Show on Parade Today has its roots back in the formative years of the FBI. Hoover makes the current crop of deep staters look like the Bush leaguers that they are, but they're still dangerous. And it's dangerous that we have deep staters who believe it's okay to spy on and lay traps for duly elected officials and their appointees in order to derail an election result and a presidency. President Trump must drain the swamp and eradicate this anti-democratic, anti-constitutional subculture. That's Takedown Tuesday on Check with Chip. Fix it now, Chip Maxwell at Amazon.com. Fix it now, Chip Maxwell at Amazon.com. I'm Chip Maxwell. Thank you for listening.